Hey, good afternoon. Gabe DeArmond here. Welcome in to the 573 report. Real quick, um, feel free to say in the comments if you cannot see me. Our pre-show meeting consisted of Mitchell Forty not being able to see me and me being able to see myself. So whether you can see me or not doesn't really matter as long as you can hear me. Um, and some of you may not want to hear me. But regardless, this is the 573 Report, our weekly up until the end of March uh, show here talking about Mizzou sports. After this, we're going to you know go on kind of a need-to-do-a-show basis uh, as things happen. It will be the off-season. Um, but for now, one more talking about Dennis Gates the first week of his uh, career here at Missouri, recruiting, spring football, whatever you guys want to talk about, feel free to uh, ask questions, uh, put comments in, and uh, let us know what you guys want to talk about. We'll bring Mitch in in a minute, but want to remind you that 573Ts is the sponsor of this every single week. You can go to 573Ts.com. You can go to their physical location in Alley A between 9th and 10th Streets in downtown Columbia, Missouri. That is just a half block off of Broadway. So I want you to check them out either in person or online. If you're a Cardinals fan, I know they just did a uh, did a release. I, I had heard that if this is your thing, the Cardinals signed uh, some, some old guy that used to be a really good player for them. So you can go get your Ken Oberkfell gear at 573Ts.com. I believe that was his name. Uh, anything else, Mizzou stuff, Dennis Gates stuff, Eli Drinkwood's stuff, whatever else you want, go to 573tees.com. Hit the like button here. Subscribe to the channel. Do all the things that people who know more about YouTube ask you to do every single week. Uh, we bring Mitchell Forty on the screen. And uh, by the way, Mitch, they can see me. So it's only you that, that don't get to see me right now. I feel like this is this week was the calm after the storm and kind of before the other storm. Like a lot of talk about what could happen, but Really, nothing has happened. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe part of that has to do with uh, Mizzou being on spring break. No one's really around Columbia right now. But yeah, it's still kind of expected to have some assistant news pretty soon, some more recruiting news, considering uh, Mizzou got two commitments in Gates' first like four days on the job. Um, granted, didn't exactly think that pace was going to keep up, but you never know. Um, so yeah, it slowed down a little bit. We've got the final four this weekend, which is kind of a de facto coaches convention. I think we'll maybe have a little bit more after that, but it's been kind of nice. Not, uh, not too much going on this week. Yeah. I, I had somebody tweet at me that it seemed like it was about time for Gates to get another commitment. I'm like, well, it's been three days. So yeah, that, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the, the final four, I always, uh, whenever I picture this, you know, cause everybody kind of calls it the coaches convention and they do actually have a coaches convention there, but I always picture it like the job fair that, uh, you know, Dunder Mifflin went to and everybody has a booth set up and hopefully Dennis Gates takes more than just like one blank sheet of paper to, to this particular job fair. But that's what I always picture. It's just all these booths set up and people are like, Hey, if, if, if you think you want to coach here, stop by this booth and we'll have a chat about it. I picture it more like uh, there's like, you know, the little coaches convention thing where they mill about and someone talks about like, you know, the state of the game or whatever. And then they all go to whatever really expensive place is nearby and they eat steaks and drink alcohol and charge it to their schools. Right. It's, it, it's the uh, it's the coaches version of St. Elmo's. The, the right. Yeah. Usually it's a, like half the time it's an Indian at St. Elmo's this year. I forget where it is. Where oh New Orleans. Well, they can have their pick. There's many, many places where they. 
they can uh, eat, eat good food and drink expensive alcohol and charge it to their schools. Yeah, plenty of hurricanes and beignets at Cafe Du Monde this week on uh, on coaches. So, um, but that's we're kind of waiting for. I mean, the staff last Wednesday was Dennis Gates, and the staff this Wednesday is, so far as we know, Dennis Gates. Um, and we don't really expect that to change the next couple of days. Sorry, um, but we expect to get through the Final Four probably, and I, I would think by the end of next week we have minimum one or two announcements, but I think maybe the whole staff. Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, you know, I I have no idea how these things actually really typically go. I've never actually covered this whole the whole basketball coaching staff transition thing. I think though that yeah, he's probably got a pretty good idea right now. Waiting on a few things to wrap up the coach the coaches convention this weekend, Cleveland State to hire a new coach, et cetera, and then probably once those dominoes fall, it'll be pretty quick that he'll have all three full time assistants in place. Yeah, and. Um... You know, he talked at, at the beginning. It almost kind of sounded like maybe there were some de facto agreements in, in place. And it was interesting because I started thinking earlier today, I'm, I think I even texted you, I'm trying to find out if it's weird or trying to figure out if I think it's weird that there's not a staff here yet. And, you know, I was texting and, and Dave Matter pointed out to me uh, that Cornell Mann and Chris Hollander were not hired until 17 days after Conzo Martin was announced as Missouri's coach. So that's really kind of standard unless you have a situation where they did like when they hired Michael Porter Sr., which was like, oh, uh, what do we announce first, the dad or the older brother or the younger brother? How should we handle all that? Yeah, so for sure. I don't think it's probably as weird as a lot of people think. And and Dennis Gates does have some help on the recruiting trail, as we've posted on our message board. There's a couple guys who uh, who have been helping out in that capacity who are maybe going to join the staff in some off-court assistant-type roles. So it's not just him handling all the, like, calling 97 transfers a day deal and trying to set up all these uh, recruiting visits. So, yeah, I don't think it's it's probably as weird as some fans think. I think we, you know, we should get, we get accustomed to having, you know, going through a coaching search and having news every day and then all of a sudden, you know, getting commits every day and it's like, what, a quiet week? Something must be wrong. Right. I, I like to think that it is just him. Uh, he does like he basically has 27 different Zoom meetings set up throughout the day and he just has to get on one and go, I, I'm sorry, who are you again? I, I, I just did one of these. Really, it would make sense to just go ahead and record himself. <laughs> right. He could just play it back here. He, he, he should have his own YouTube channel and just do his recruiting meetings on there. I feel like it'd be better that way. We would know. Well, we would know who he's talking to, which would be excellent. We would know far more about it because the one thing you can be assured of is that the transfers are not going to do interviews or respond to messages, really. So, um, But I don't know. We've got a list. I, I think I just put two more names on there uh, today. Uh, Jason Roach from the Citadel and had somebody tell me that, that they have at least expressed some interest in Adam Miller from LSU via Illinois. And I think we've got 18 names on that list. Um, the scholarship limit is 13. They already have two commitments. So I don't think that they're going to get all 18 of these, these transfers to come to Missouri. But so over under on total new players. They've already got two, obviously. Um, and like I'm not counting Christian Jones and, and Aiden Shaw because they were already scheduled to be here. But over under on more new players. Four and a half. Where would you go? 
Oh, man. Um, I need to, like, brush up on my scholarship chart here. I'm going to pull it up. They've, they've got three um, because I, I forget how many people are actually left on the roster. Um, but I think that – I would say under. I think that it'll be – I think four sounds about right, three or four. Um, I, but, again, I'm trying to – I'm going to pull this this – my scholarship situation up and make sure I'm not being way off here. Okay. So right now we've got Kobe Brown, Amari Davis, Dejuan Gordon, Boogie Coleman, Ronnie DeGray, Yaya Keita, and Caleb Brown. That's seven plus the two newcomers. Uh, Ooh. And then, and, and Christian Jones. So that gets us to 10. Yeah. I'm sticking with my four. I think there'll be one more defection and four more newcomers brought in. That's my answer. Yeah. I, I'd probably go under unless there's a, a, a you know a, a transfer out like if one of the guys like Boogie Coleman or Amari Davis who came in last year decides to transfer again that could always change things I guess um, but but that's about where I would fall um, look clearly they need a point guard probably too. Um, I think they could use another tall player, especially if Yaya Keita. Uh, oh, hey, breaking news. Uh, Dejuan Gordon has just entered the transfer portal. Ah, wow, so, there we go. I might have to guess my answer. Yeah, um, I feel like we uh, – okay, i got to retweet that real quick. It's from Jamie Shaw yep. of On3. Um, I don't know. Talk about Dejuan Gordon for a minute while I uh, make sure somebody has posted this on our message board, which I'm sure somebody already has. Yeah, I will. Um, so basically, I- I'm a little bit surprised by this, I'll be honest. Of-, of all the guys on the roster, I actually thought he was maybe one of the least likely to transfer um, just because you have the combination of one – He's from Chicago, and I know that his AAU coach and high school coach uh, is tight with Dennis Gates. I talked to him on the phone, I guess, about a week ago, maybe a little more now. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I figured that I wouldn't think Dennis Gates is – this is a situation where Dennis Gates is running him off um, just because, you know, he, he's – I wouldn't think he's going to set out to make enemies in Chicago when you don't – when Gordon wouldn't be one of the first people I would run off if I was running people off. I thought Gordon was – Asked to probably do too much last season. He certainly did not have the ball handling prowess that was you would like, but he he did things well. I mean, he's a, a three and D player. He he's a guy who can shoot. You know, he can spot up and shoot threes, and he can play good defense. And there's there's room for that. And he's a pretty good athlete, which I think Dennis Gates wants. So I would guess that this is a decision more on the Deshaun Gordon end of things. Uh, you know, he, he will have to get a waiver to transfer and not sit out right away. I'm sure he will be able to do that since Conzo Martin got fired or, you know, mutually parted ways, whatever. Um, but that's there. That's all I got on it. Um, it, that was plenty of time. I do have a, a message out to confirm it, but look, I, I, I've almost never seen such and such is in the portal and it's not true. So I'm sure it's yeah. true. The only thing you got to watch out for are those fake accounts now. <laughs> and, and there was, there was a kid recently that like entered the portal and then pulled out of the portal and then went back in. It was very, it was in football. I can't remember who it was. But. Oh, it was uh, Hopper. It wasn't it. Or was it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was Tyron Hopper, but uh, Tyron, yeah. no Gordon is, you know, he got, I, I think some blowback on our site and on social media this year, but of the guys that came in, I looked at him and thought, I think he's the best player. I mean, he he had one specific. He was the best three point shooter they had. He shot thirty six percent from three. Um, got better as the year went on, and 
he was athletic. I looked at him and I said, he has a skill, right? He looks like kind of a Florida State type player. I mean, he's fast and, and can get around the court. Now, he he can't dribble, and that should not be a thing that he was allowed to do. We understand that. He was not a point guard. Um, again, that's not really his fault. He wasn't ever supposed to be a point guard. And then he came here, and Missouri, the guys who were supposed to be point guards also weren't point guards, and so everybody just played point guard. That's not his fault that he got put in that position. But I think, like you said, if he's a spot-up guy, an athletic guy that plays defense, maybe a sixth man you know, for some energy off the bench, I think he he could have had a role here. That one, I I mean, look, there are no must-keep pieces off a 12-21 and team. This is not that big a deal in the end but uh yeah if if i would have gone through and and picked out the guys who i thought would leave i'm not sure he would have been top of my list yeah i think he might have been you know near bottom of my list just because he you know you look at there's some guys who you think that guy maybe is asked to leave and then some guys where you say he probably has better options and i would be surprised if deshaun gordon falls into either of those camps honestly but yeah definitely not pressing the panic button or anything like that i mean there was always going to be guys who leave i mean there's guys who leave out every roster every year we're, we're talking about you know more than a thousand names in the portal last season i'm sure we'll get there again this year especially when you introduce a coaching change into the mix it's going to happen so we've got anton brookshire if you and sean do Gordon were midseason. Pickett mm-hmm. in Brazil, Wilmore, Gordon. I mean, that's that's half the team already in the transfer portal. You know, and again, hey, 12 and it, it's kind of like I always say when when people look at football season and go, well, they bring back 19 starters. Well, cool, they were three and nine. Maybe that's yeah. not what you want to do. You know, maybe uh maybe you need some turnover and and with a new coach, hey, that that's fine. Hey, Gordon probably won't be the last one. Um, we will, we'll see where it goes, but that opens up another spot and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's, let's start running through. We've got a few basketball questions. So, so we'll hit those to start and then just talk about some scenarios. Uh, the magic man says, would you be interested in Andre Curbelo from Illinois or Sharif O'Neal from LSU? Um, I saw a tweet about Curbelo earlier today. He listed off, it listed like eight teams. I think that he was looking at Missouri was not one of them. He's a guy that I'd be willing to take a look at because there's potential there. He wasn't very good at Illinois this year. I I don't know. You correct me if I'm wrong on this. If Sharif O'Neal was not named Sharif O'Neal, I don't think anybody's really all that interested. Yeah, no, I totally agree on O'Neal. I think that he's only getting the attention he's gotten because his dad is Shaq. And certainly, you know, he's he's tall and long and you know in a sense you can't teach that but yeah i think that he's probably someone who's destined to step down a level um for curbelo is interesting he's probably one of the more polarizing players in the portal he's obviously very talented and has shown that at times in the past um he's you know he's had some really good games he's had some really bad games he's had some games where you know he'll he'll turn it over in bunches and he for whatever reason has you know had some times where he hasn't been on the floor even when healthy i know he had the injury issue this past season um and i you know obviously have been nowhere around the illinois team i'm not going to pretend to really know the the real story as to what's gone on there like in the second half of their ncaa tournament loss but he, he kind of reminds me a, a lot honestly of xavier pinson where you know he's clearly a high ceiling guy very athletic and can do a lot of things but he can also be the reason you lose a game and you're you've got some some question marks i would say about his, his ability to kind of fit into his role and into the team 
Uh, yeah, and now I would like to say that Sharif coming here would have made a lot more sense if they'd hired Shaq, like I just said. Which we, we, yeah, we still, I'm upset that they didn't do that. Maybe, hey, three assistant spots, maybe you hire Shaq to get Sharif. Uh, I feel like Shaq would need their entire assistant pool of 900K and then still would probably say no. I feel like Shaq made that amount last night somehow. Yeah. Um, uh, AU Stock says, if Pinson comes back, is he considered a new player or a returning player? So, all right, so let's just talk about this. I, I'll i be honest, I'm not sure what the level of interest here is. Now, I know you had somebody tell you you think that, that, that Dennis Gates was doing a Zoom with Pinson. He posted a lot of things on Instagram was, that might have just been yesterday, maybe two days ago, I don't know, that indicated like, hey, I'm thinking about coming back to Missouri. And I'm trying to find the nicest way to say this. The Xavier Pinson, Daniel Parker Jr. um, social media experience is kind of on another. Like, maybe he's really talking to Dennis Gates and maybe he's thinking about coming back. And also, maybe he just thinks that's fun to do on Instagram. I I really don't know which one's more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I it sound like they're you, just crashing. Are you, are you still got I feel like you kind of broke up on my end. I can't hear you. Okay. Well, I'm here. Can you still not? Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll respond about Pinson. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I think that Mizzou fans don't need to think very far back to remember some of the same stuff when he was on Mizzou's roster. I think it was at one point, you know, prior to the 2020-21 season where he posted something along the lines of like, where should I play next season or something like that. Um, And so clearly there's a little bit of an element of liking to stir the pot on social media there. That could be more of this. I, I did, I did get a message, as you mentioned, that he was supposed to talk to Gates on Monday. I don't know if like what that looked like, Zoom, whatever. I have no idea if it happened. I can't say a hundred percent for sure if that, that, you know, that information was right. I think it was, but I don't know for sure. So um, yeah, I think that, that, you know, I just, my feeling all along has been that it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And uh, I would be surprised if, you know, he was super high on the priority list for Dennis Gates. But, you know, crazier things have happened in the transfer portal in college basketball, that's for sure. I, I just think there are guys out there who are at least as good a players and probably better players who, A, didn't bail on this school one year ago, who, B, didn't get benched in the second half of an NCAA tournament game and see who have shown more of an ability to accept a role. I mean, in LSU's SEC tournament game, he got benched basically for playing no defense and had to be like consoled by an assistant coach on the, and look, I I never had any issue with X. I mean, he was always fine to us and he talked to us when they asked him to talk and all that. And, and, Yes, this team this year could have used him because they didn't have a guy who could go get 30 on his own, and he could do that. So if Dennis Gates wants to do it, fine. But if you're in Gates' shoes, isn't the first call you make to Conzo Martin and just say, hey, man, you coached this guy here. What's the deal? I mean, don't you, don't you look into that? Yeah, yeah I would think so. Um, and, and one other thing that you didn't mention – I'm not sure that Pinson's for sure going to be eligible to play next season. Um, now, there's a good chance he could get a waiver for, a, you know, Will Wade being fired. Um, but 
and I guess there's a chance he could graduate as well. But this is keep in mind, this is his second transfer. There is no, it is not a guarantee that he's going to be able to play next season. Yeah. So I, I mean, look, it, it's fine if if you're looking into it. There would be other point guards on my list, higher on my list, but. Nobody asked me. Um, I've not heard from Dennis Gates since the introductory press conference. He has not asked me who he should recruit. So if he recruits Xavier Pinson, we will cover Xavier Pinson along with whoever else he he uh, does recruit. Um, I I don't really know where else I was going. I felt like I had something else to say, but I don't. I, I will say one. Other, I'll add one other thing on the the portal recruiting, and I think people people forget this, and uh, so I just want to get out ahead of it a little bit. There's like you'll see from our transfer tra- tracker that you you kind of have to recruit by volume in the portal um, because 97 teams reach out to every single player who enters. It's it's competitive. And so there's going to be like, you know, 90% of the guys Mizzou is tied to, they don't end up landing. And so there's really, no, I would say there's no need to panic when, you know, if of the guys, what would you say? I think we have 18 guys on our transfer tracker right now. I mean, maybe they get one or two of those and maybe you know they're gonna they're still gonna add transfers enough transfers to get to 13 scholarship players or at least 12 scholarship players there's still gonna be a lot more guys enter the portal i would say there's no reason to press the panic button when some of these other guys inevitably end up you know going off the board right because reached out to it means i mean it could be as simple as like sent a text and said hey you up you know <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, and, and no one is vetting these you know, these lists, like a guy tells a, a reporter, Hey, I heard from these nine schools and he tweets it out. Like there's no one who's saying, who's confirming that that is perfectly accurate. Right. And, there, and there's certainly no way to do it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. So I, what are like, I don't know, man, this portal stuff, it's kind of like NIL to me. I, I support it. I think they should be able to transfer one time, but it, this is out of control. I, I think it. I think there should be a rule. You only get to go in the portal once, uh, it, you, or I don't think you should be able to play for three colleges, right? I, I, I mean, that's just. I, I don't know. We've got, we've got guys that are looking at their third and fourth schools in four years, and I, I get it. Coaches leave, and you want to correct mistakes, but I just there's got to be some sort of you can have freedom, but. Let's control this a little bit. Right now, you have 350 teams with 13 guys on them each, approximately. I mean, that's close to 4,000 free agents. It's like the. It's like if there were no, if everybody in a pro sport was on a one-year contract. That's what you have in college sports right now. Yep. No, totally agree. I think that. Uh, I think it definitely needs to be reined in a little bit. I think the one-time transfer waiver was the right decision in part because the NCAA waivers were so arbitrary and it took them so long to figure out who was going to get one. So I say just totally stop doing the, the NCAA waiver process for second transfers. Just have everyone be, everyone can transfer one time. Everyone can enter the portal one time. And if for some reason you have to leave your school after that, you're sitting out a year. And that's it. Like that's, it's just so much simpler. It eliminates a lot of the guesswork on, is this guy going to be eligible? And it should hopefully decrease the number of uh, the amount of change we see every year. Right. I want to treat it kind of like a coach's challenge for instant replay, right? Okay. You get one, one free total, do whatever you want. And then the next one, 
Like that's going to cost. There's a limit to it. You don't just get unlimited do-overs. And, and I, I think that is giving kids because look, anybody can make one bad decision. But if you make two bad decisions in four years, I mean, at some point you got to live with the consequences of a bad decision. Right, and it should also be noted, like you know, people talk about, oh, this kid's their their coach got fired. They have to be able to move on. Is the worst thing in the world really to have to stay on scholarship at a place, or if you have to, if you really want to transfer again because maybe you are in a bad situation, to sit out a year but still be on scholarship as an athlete? Like, if the point theoretically, I know this isn't actually the point, is to get an education. Like, you're still you're still got a year taking classes. I don't think it is that unjust. Yeah, and and here's the counterpoint, and it's a good point. Danny Ragland says every coach is trying to recruit better players every year. No reason that the the players shouldn't take a better job if their coach is actively trying to replace them. And I agree, and I see that. But part of this is some of these guys aren't taking better jobs. They're just taking different jobs or, in some cases, worse jobs to be. And, And But what Danny points out is why there is really no answer because there are coaches, and We don't know, again, if Dejuan Gordon was in this situation or not. But let's just say, for sake of argument, he was. Dennis Gates came in and said, hey, man, I know you've already transferred once, but frankly, I've watched the tape and and you don't fit what I do here. Well, then, yeah, he should be able to. So there is no right answer. But there has to be something better than what we're doing now. And and my main problem with it is the same thing as my main problem was with the COVID stuff. The people getting screwed are high school players. I mean, there are entire programs not even recruiting high school kids at this point. So what's happening now is the mid-major programs are, you know, farm systems for the high-major guys. So the high-major guys are, they're taking the elite top 100 players, and then they're going to the transfer portal for the next wave. So those three stars that used to be going there are now going to mid-majors, hoping to go to high-majors in two years. And the kids who are going to mid-majors are now going to low-majors and eventually a bunch of kids that had a chance to play D1 basketball now don't have that chance. Uh, yeah, I, so a couple things. I agree with the first point about coaches running players off and how that that is the the ultimate counterargument, and that makes that makes this whole thing hard. And I agree with that. I don't want to overlook that. Secondly, my thing right now is eventually we should get to a point where there's still the same number of spots in in college basketball. There's still X number of teams with X number of scholarships, which shouldn't mean there are fewer high school players recruited. Now maybe you have a few more teams taking guys from like JUCO or Division two ranks or something like that, but it, I don't think it's that big. The the thing that's made it where high school players have been really hurt is the extra year of eligibility because you have a whole extra class of players with college experience who can transfer and they're able to do it now suddenly for free. And then now you have, a, a you know, 25% less, not actually, but you know, roughly spots available for high school kids. Eventually it should get to a point. I feel like where, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, a lot of these high major places, they're going to take, you know, say, you know, two transfers and two uh, like higher level high school recruits. And it would normally be like four high school recruits a year. But then that should mean there's more spots available at mid-majors that need to replenish their roster. Or there is more of a market for a kid who's, you know, hey, look, we normally maybe wouldn't have recruited you, but we need we need guys who are going to stick around. So will you come here in red shirt and then we'll we'll get you into the fold? Because there's a lot of guys who, if you know, you, you recruit like a fringe top 150 guy, like a, you know, a Mario McKinney or Trey Jackson, where... You know, he's thinking he's going to come in and play right away. 
as a freshman, maybe that's not realistic. He transfers. You just wasted that that recruiting spot, that spot on the roster. So ultimately, I, I feel like we're going to get closer to a balance. There probably still, I think, needs to be some changes to the system. But uh, yeah, it is it is an unprecedented time. Well, and and I still think, and I said this last year, and I thought it would settle down some this year, and it hasn't. Maybe next year, <clears> but <throat> I just think a lot of these kids are entering the transfer portal for fear of missing out. You know, it's like, well, that guy's entering the transfer portal, and they fall in love with being recruited, and they like seeing their name on Twitter. That hey, these schools have reached out, and they like getting the messages from the fan base and all that that say, hey, please come to school X. And I think, you know, when you're recruited in high school, I fully get it, man. That'd be cool to have all these people wanting you and these coaches treating you like kings and all that. But then once you are a college basketball player, that shouldn't be what it's about. It should be about finding the best place, A, to play basketball, and B, to be a college student. Um, and I just think that, I think two things, and we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap up with this. Number one, I think that as a coach, you can't build a, a program like this by doing this every single year. And I understand why Dennis Gates is going to hit the portal super hard this year. But like two years from now, it needs to be three high school kids and one or two transfers, not the reverse, because the backbone of a place like Missouri is still going to have to be high school kids you can get to stay for three or four years. I agree. I would just add that's hard to do because you, you get to a point where, yeah, you know, you say, OK, I'm comfortable taking this many high school kids and that's going to get us to, you know, roughly, you know, 13, 14 scholarships, whatever, because we'll bank on someone leaving every year. Then you get to this time of year and all of a sudden five, six guys enter the portal. And, you know, like that's almost become the norm where we're seeing, you know, four plus guys enter the portal off of every roster. You have to fill those spots from transfers. And I, I, I agree. I think the ideal formula is you're not replacing half your roster every single year. I just think that's a hard way, especially when you're Missouri and you're not getting your pick of high school recruits or transfer recruits. That's a hard way to do it. Um, so, yeah, I, it's become a, a really valuable skill and, and a difficult skill to keep your roster together. And, and the other thing is, and look, if the answer to this is shut up, you're an old man, cool, I get it. But I, the, and, and I understand it's been a minute since Missouri fans felt connected to basketball and really liked it. But, I, you know, back when Missouri was good, it wasn't just that they were winning games. I mean, obviously that helped, but... That 2012 team that won 31 games, I think they were even more beloved than they would have been just for winning 31 games because, like, Marcus Denman had been here four years, and Kim English had been here four years, and Lawrence Bowers on the bench had been here four years, and they'd fought through a coaching change. And I just think there's a connection with the fan. I mean, look at Kansas. Like, it can be done. Christian Brown has been there three years. Oche Abaji has been there four years, you know? So you can do it, and... I just think if I'm a fan of one of these teams, I'm going to get tired of showing up every November and going, who are these guys? Like, I, I don't know who they are. I've never seen any of them play. You forgot to mention Mitch Lightfoot, who's been at Kansas for 15 years. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. And I think that it's not just a Missouri problem. It's much more a sport problem. And it's something that, you know, it's a tough balance. Like, coaches, their, their first responsibility is to win. And if they're bringing back guys who don't win games, then ultimately 
it doesn't matter, right? Like fans aren't going to, if, if Dennis Gates had brought back the exact same roster from last season, fans weren't going to be like, oh, cool. Now we get to develop a connection with these guys. They were going to be like, what the heck? These, these guys just won 12 games. So it's a balance. And there are teams like Arkansas who have pretty much turned over their roster and really embraced the portal every year who fans are really connected to and they like because they win. But yes, there is something to be said for being able to follow the career of a guy and not have to learn a new roster every year. And we see fans talk about that a lot on the message board. And I agree that in an ideal world, that's part of the formula. But I don't know, going forward, I don't know how realistic that is. And especially right now, obviously, the situation Missouri's in, I would expect quite a bit of turnover over the next couple off seasons. No question. So, like I said, this is kind of our last, like, we've been doing this pretty much every Wednesday with a couple exceptions since the start of football season. And so... We're entering off-season mode. The the truth is we just often aren't going to have enough to talk about to do it every Wednesday. So we'll do shows kind of as warranted and as things happen. So if we're sitting here betting, our next show is going to be necessitated by what happening. Well, d- does the hire of, uh, of, a, of an assistant coaching staff count? Because if so, we'll probably be back <laughs> back within a week. Um, or at least by the end of next week. So I, I don't know what the threshold of news that demands the 573 report is. We let the people decide, honestly. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, if he if he gets a full staff in here, I think that's worth talking about. You know, if JT Daniels suddenly commits I or one of the – 807 other transfer quarterbacks who may be out there. Uh, I think that's certainly worth it. Um, you know, maybe like a softball series against South Carolina, maybe that's not worth the whole thing. Um, probably not. I, 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 you could handle that one if you wanted to. I'd probably set that out. I, I feel like I'd get a little pushback if I asked you to do that one on Sunday night. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that there's a good chance that by the end of next week, we've got a basketball staff in place. Yeah, and who knows, maybe uh, maybe a few more transfers in, a few more transfers out. Um, but appreciate all you guys who have who have hung out with us here today and, and really all year long doing this, and we aren't going away forever. We're just going away for a little while. So, Mitch, appreciate it, man. We'll catch up. Thanks. All right, so those of you who are still here, which no longer includes Mitchell Forty, uh, ask you to do a couple things for us before you leave. Hit the like button on the show, or I did see one person hit the dislike button. So if you want to do that, honestly, it doesn't matter. Interaction's all the same. If you hit the dislike button, people still find out about us. So that's cool. Just hit a button that says you either like what we did or hated what we did. It's, it's all the same to us. Um, share what we're doing on social media. Subscribe to the channel. And that way, now that we're not, regularly scheduled every week you will get an alert if we do go live if something happens um so do that and more importantly support our sponsors for this particular show that is 573 t's you can check them out at 573 tees.com like i said i know they have a new albert pujol shirt out i believe they'll probably have some dennis gates mizzou basketball related stuff out here in the next few weeks if they don't already so um, make sure to check out everything they offer they also have power mizzou shirts and and visors and stuff if you want to pick up one of those and uh tell everybody that you support a uh you know fledgling internet site that talks about mizzou sports we certainly would appreciate that you can also go to their physical location in downtown columbia between 9th and 10th streets on alley a and tell the guys there, either online or in person, hey, you heard about it on Power Mizzou. That's why you're there. Uh, that helps us. It helps them, and you guys get new stuff. So we appreciate that. So, once again, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, we'll be back 
when we're back. We'll try to give you a warning, um, you know, tweet, post on the message board when we're going to do a show, but we don't really know when that's going to be. So uh, we'll talk to you guys then.